Hey, hey, everybody. Hello and welcome. I'm Leland, and this is the Music That Matters podcast, where we interview musicians, content creators, and lovers of all things music on the meaning behind music, the process and inspiration behind song creation, its role in our lives and on our culture, and other wild digressions and introspections into the way that meaningful music and media is made and shapes our culture. Our first guest is an absolute joy and one of the hottest new musicians we've been lucky enough to have in our musical lives. As a producer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist, her music has reached over 10 million people. In the before times, she performed at legendary venues like the Gramercy Theater, Hammerstein Ballroom, and on the grounds of Woodstock, performing with artists such as The Internet and Zach Batari, and even opening for artists such as Aaron Carter. She's so delightfully kind and her musical aptitude is incredible. She explores the depths of New Jack Swing and contemporary R&B through hilarious lyricism on the frustrations and weird nuances of modern life. She also brings such a hilarious, modern, and playful spin to her musicianship by producing near-constant, bite-sized music. In this podcast, we speak about a lot of things. Her musical background and upbringing, how she got her big break upon being noticed by Erica Badu, her songwriting process, how she goes about making songs, and the meaning behind each of the songs in her newest mixtape, The Tima Tape. With that, we're ready to get started. When I say I was excited to speak with Tima, that's an understatement. Tima is such a presence. I hope you enjoy her bubbliness, wit, and spirit as much as we did. Without further ado, here's Tima. i just love to start with, so I saw on Instagram some of the, the videos of you as a baby, like singing into the mirror. But when did, when did you, like, when did your relationship with music really begin? Yeah, um, it started at five. So my mom put me in lessons. So I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my mom. And I don't think, my mom always liked music, but I don't think she thought it was going to go anywhere. She just wanted me to have something to do on the weekends. Um, so I was like, okay, you go to do piano lessons. And then eventually, um, I think around 12, my piano teacher, she had to like go back to her country to take care of her mom. So I went like three years without lessons. And around that time I got in trouble. Um, my dad, I got like a C in like a class and my dad's like, no more television. So the way I would entertain myself is um, I would take my mom's like R&B CDs and I would try to transpose them on the piano. And like, that was like fun to figure that out. So that kind of like built my R&B ear. And then my teacher came back and that got my theory up and then I'm right here. <laughs> yeah. So this is, I mean, I, so what kind of uh, albums were you listening to? What was your mom into? Cause this has come up before with other yeah. artists where, and, and same for me, like, my, like my mom loved destiny's child. And so I was oh. like, I grew up listening to that CD. And stuff. <laughs> uh, but what, what was your, what was your, what, what, uh, what albums are you listening to? Yeah. My mom was definitely deep, deep into R and B, especially like eighties and nineties R and B. Um, we had a radio and like only one station worked and it was the R&B station. So that's all I could listen to. And my dad really, really liked jazz and salsa. And like, the thing about it is I used to hate it because he used to blast it. And I'm like, oh my God, like I can't. But now like I appreciate it because now that's what my ears are tuned to. Like that's all I hear. So definitely a lot of old school R&B. So is that how you sort of found your sound? Because you have a very retro-y, but it's very like authentic and distinct R&B sound. Is that how you found that sound? A hundred percent. Like I was so, like, definitely, I remember 
there was a period of time where I couldn't go to sleep without like having the radio on and the station that like I listened to like at night it was always the 90s R&B so literally like I was like give me any 90s R&B song I could tell you what it is because like for years that's all I listened to at night so it like built up my like roller decks so now that like that was music for me that was like the new music for me so like when I'm writing so- stuff like my progressions and my sounds always kind of go to that makes sense you were literally like sleeping and breathing music it was everything for you yeah. that makes sense <laughs> honestly so what's your songwriting process like because you have such an authentic approach to your songs uh I love the way you just kind of break down everyday things it seems like <laughs> but what's your process for writing a song um yeah definitely well for my jingles I definitely have to think of the punchline first because because then like you know it'll make sense and sometimes I'll think of the scenario and I'll be like okay like uh having cold soup in like a hot bowl or whatever and I'm like okay and then the next stage is me kind of figuring out the rhythmic pacing of it because I've learned that what you're saying could be really good the lyrics could be really good but if it doesn't hit at the right time if the punchline isn't like you know the the punchline of the rhythm doesn't come together then it just won't it'll go over everybody's head so for me it's without a melody I'll just be like do 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 and that's where the punchline will end and then I'll try to like adjust the words so that it works you know I think of uh is it contraction so I'm like should I say should not or shouldn't you know and then like I'll sit down at the piano and then I'll just like take that rhythm and turn it into a melody which is like the easiest part and then record it <laughs> yeah so when you break that down and you use the word punchline it sounds like you're almost thinking of it as like a comedic piece. Like you're coming up with a stand-up set. Is that how you think about the jingles uh, in general? Or is that, is that a way that you think about your music? Do you think about that comedic approach? Yeah, I think I'm just learning that. Yeah. I think that's how I just write music. Cause I find I did like a lot of studying that like a lot of the best writers or the best rappers actually have a really good sense of humor. Like you, if you hear them talk in like interviews are really funny and I'm like, why is that? It's because writing comedy is the same thing as writing music. You have to hit it at the right time. You know what I mean? You have to get that reaction at the right time. So I definitely like prioritize comedic timing. You know what I mean? When I'm like writing music. And it makes sense too, because I think comedy is such a, real world insight driven thing as music can be as well in the way that you use it anyway. So that's really, I've never heard anybody talk about it in that way, but I really like that. So is that what, what role, because this is a very distinct way that you write songs, right? This jingles approach and even the way that you show people songs, what, what role do you want your music to have for your listeners? Are you thinking about yourself as like a artist where they should be interacting with you in terms of albums all the time? Are you thinking about yourself in terms of someone that they should be seeing every day? Because you're the way that you approach songwriting, it almost feel, and the way that you approach content creation is so, um, I, I call it just modern because of the way yeah. that you're so authentic and you show yourself so constantly and you're connecting with your audience so directly. Like, how do you view yourself as an artist and, how, and your relation to your audience? Yeah, that's a great question. I've never gotten that before. Me and my um, managers are definitely like figuring that out. Um, I like the fact that I am kind of like doing a new kind of artistry where it's a, a mixture of like a content creator as well as an artist. You know what I mean? And 
because I'm doing something that like I love and it comes naturally to me and I naturally write short songs even when they're full length that enables me to put out albums and like mixtapes almost like content creation so as often like really really fast you know what I mean um so I think of myself as just like a musical content creator you know what I mean because music is one part of my content because I also have like you know YouTube and things like that it's just like multiple dimensions and multiple ways that you could experience me as an artist makes a lot of sense so how did you come up with this I love your Instagram presence in particular and, and the aesthetic plays out into all across YouTube as well. And obviously into obviously the way that your songs sound as well, but how did you come up with that Instagram style that you've now become so well known for? Yeah, it took a really long time. I've been on Instagram for like seven years and like literally like a month and a half ago, I had like 2000 followers. So it's, it's a lot of trial and error. Um, it's a lot of just trying things and seeing what works. For a while, I was just doing covers. I was kind of like remixing stuff um, because I thought that I'm like, people don't really want to hear anything that comes out of somebody like local or new. But when Reels came out, I was like, oh, let me try this. And like, it's short, so I don't have to like put a whole song. And people started to like it, which felt good. Cause I'm like, oh, like I'm in a space where people actually like what comes out of me. Like they like it more than like me covering something else or something that they know. So once I did that, it started picking up. I was like, oh, I could like spread this out. You know what I mean? So my model is definitely like, reels are like my short entertainment. My posts are like my highlights and my stories are definitely like, I call them FaceTime calls because I'm always like in the camera and it's like, it's me talking to them. And I do like, like live concerts. So this model has come from just a lot of trial and error <laughs> a lot yeah oh of course and that is, i think is thank you for saying that because i think that's how so much of life is but yet we only see like the highlights of people and things and so yes. it's really hard you only and you only see a point in time and oftentimes mm -hmm. you only notice people at a point of time of success and you forget that there's so much that has gone into getting there that's really great 100 <laughs> percent. yeah and I, well it looks like then what's so interesting is you you happen to be a person who is built then for this modern era. Cause it, you know, something like reels plays so well into who you are, I guess, like naturally. And so I guess that makes sense. Um, uh, that makes a lot of sense to me anyway. So did you always think that you should, so was that something that you, the, the approach to writing about everyday things, is that something that came about as a result of the changes in the way that you would put yourself out there? Like the changes in like Instagram first, was that where it led to? Or was that always things that you had been doing on the side, but you never thought people would ever pay attention to? Was it, or was it both? Mm -hmm. No, it was definitely like the reels because hmm. the thing about it was all my earlier music was, I was, I called myself a, a performance producer, like a Mark Ronson where he would like write and produce everything and have someone else sing, you know what I mean? And then, but it would still be his song. So that was all my my previous music. However, like when COVID hit, like I couldn't really meet up with like my singers the way I wanted to. So I was like, all right, I just gotta suck this up and like sing, even though I hate to sing, throw some pitch correction on her and then like, we'll call it a day. And I'm like, when I'm putting out stuff I'm writing and I'm singing on it, I found it really hard to take myself seriously if I was singing about like love or anything serious. So 
um, I was like, okay, how can I do this so like I take this pressure off myself? So I started being like, let me do something funny. Let me do something really relatable so that my voice isn't like the focus of this whole thing. You know what I mean? And it worked. <laughs> like it, it worked itself out. And it, it's easier for me to get stuff out because I'm like, oh, being funny is like not natural to me. Like I, that's where I feel most comfortable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's my icebreaker in everything. So that definitely helped. I love it. So team of the producer becomes team of the artist. That's a really, yeah. and of course you don't have to lose the producer side too, but that's a really, yeah. that's a really great path ahead. I mean, that's, that's wonderful. So what role does beyond being a creator, what role does music play in your life? It plays a massive, massive, massive role. Like don't ever drive past me and look into the window because I'm having like a personal concert like <laughs> every single every single time I literally stu I've studied it for so long you know what I mean like I, I went to school for it but like one thing I really like is live and like I'm known for just being on my computer and watching live concerts over and over and over again and like looking at like what what made this doing different what made that different you know what I mean and I always did that and I find that that was helpful for where I am now because like I'm using everything that I used to do. So it's just like a great point of reference for me. Yeah. Yeah. So you're so like we, like we talked about before, you're so clearly authentic and accessible with your fans. Um, what do you, what do you think about, how would you describe your following of people and, and why do you, do you think it's important to sort of, like what, what, why do, what do you think it is that people love about you in particular then in, in the context of who your audience is? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm still figuring that out because it's still growing, but like yeah. through my lives, like I really love my audience. Like we, they just name themselves, they're called the teammates. So I'm just like, hey, let's go. Um, but um, I found that my audience is mostly people who want to be musicians or started but stopped. You know what I mean? And I think the fact that I don't take it too seriously brings them a little bit more comfort. You know what I mean? And it's like, damn, like I started ukulele, but then I stopped because I, I didn't think I was good enough. And I'm, and in my life, I'm like, honestly, just do it. Like it's like it's just music. You know what I mean? Like it brings you joy no matter what. You feel me? So my audience are definitely people who are aspiring musicians and some of them are actually musicians but i find most of them are people that are in school and like are doubting themselves and like need to laugh about their craft for a minute yeah and i think that the just the desire to laugh at media in general has been something that people are <laughs> resonate so well i think in this yeah. time period but that makes a lot of sense and it's so cool that you can show people that you can you can sort of take the pressure off being a content creator as well uh because i think yeah. that you know, being a musician is a really hard job. And one of the things I respect about you is that it's so hard to put yourself out there, I think, especially yeah. for a lot of people, even when they're good at it or even when they're good at creating music, it's just so hard to authentically put yourself out there and not put yeah. yourself out there as you think you should be seen, put yourself out there as you think the world sees you or, or like it's not lead with the intentionality of how you want to be seen, but lead with the intentionality of just trying to figure out who you are. And that, mm -hmm. at least from my context as, as a fan of yours, is just that's what resonates with me is where I can see that when you make these songs like like Amazon or something you know you're talking about how you you know you're bored at home yeah. ordering too much stuff like that, that yeah. is, I had that problem too you know like <laughs> I love that, I love that. <laughs> yeah so I'd love to go into if you don't mind like each of the songs on the team of tape because 
First of all, yeah. I'm a big fan of Team Tape. Uh, I think it's yes. awesome. Uh, <laughs> and again, I love the use of your multimedia in with these as well. Like I love in just to start with Amazon, I'd love to hear the backstory of it, but I even love the fact that your the video is in your car and you're oh, like, yeah. <laughs> like, you're in traffic. Like, I love it. So what's the story behind Amazon? Cause I'd love to go through each of your songs and, and talk about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, well that was one of the first, um, reels I did before things kind of jumped off and it was actually like a ballad. And I knew that because, no, going backwards, actually Erica Badu shared it. And I was like, oh, okay, this is making the team a tape. It has to, it has her stamp of approval. But um, I knew all my life that I've always wanted to make a, a new Jack Swing song, which is like, you know, early 90s, like R&B. Like I, I'm like, before I die, I need to make a new Jack Swing song. So I was going through my songs and I'm like, Amazon is perfect for this. Cause it's like on the one, it's like, dude, and that's perfect for like it's perfect for that energy so then I did that and I literally like even though I listen to New Jack Swing all the time I literally like did, dove my head into it and like would just try to listen to one instrument like the kick or the snare and you know what I mean because I want to do it super super authentically I studied a lot a lot of Teddy Riley who like I love who's like the creator of it and I spent a day and it just like took off. I, I, I got it together and I was like, yes. And then I had the hook and I had to write a verse to it. And I just thought of like stuff that I see my mom buy. It's like a blender and a sofa. I'm like, you don't, you don't, you don't, come on. Like you, you don't need to like, calm down. And I just recorded it. I did that whole break thing, which like I absolutely love. I'm so proud of myself for that. It took a while and put it out. And we're here. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And I love that too. You're capturing, because maybe that's what makes it such a powerful song. You're capturing such a real world, real issue in the lyrics, but you're also, you've captured this really interesting, I, I guess like the musicality to it, like you said. I mean, it was really more of like putting a ballad together in that style. So it sounds like you nailed both ends is what makes that such an interesting song. That, that's awesome. Thank you. So is Chivalry dead, Tima? Am I not supposed to hold doors open for people anymore? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh yeah. No, I this I guess that's my first controversial issue. No, I'm joking. Yeah. But um <laughs> it's something that we all think, but we never want to say because that makes us terrible people. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like you, you you don't feel like running for the door. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like people are trying to be nice. But you also we all have also been that person that doesn't really want to hold the door, but you really are the bad person if you don't hold the door. So when I wrote that song, that was the one that blew everything up because everybody was like, Yes, please don't hold the door or pretend you don't see me. Like right. <laughs> if I'm walking more than twenty feet behind you. Well, it's so hard. You want to be respectful. You see the person's back there. <laughs> But then you're right. There's got to be, there's got to be like a societal rule now where we decide what the actual distance is. Like if you're not within that yeah. distance, I'm sorry. You, you're not, I'm not holding the door for you. But if you're that, if you're close enough and you can just catch it in stride, maybe we leave it open or hold it open. I don't know. Or just don't have doors. Let's just not have doors. Let's yeah, that's it. We'll break down all the barriers. No need. Exactly. No need. <laughs> well, I love it. I love it. So what about, okay. What, uh, the other question I have is what did you buy? that inspired I bought it because auto pay kills us all <laughs> but I'm wondering what it was for you that, that really that threw you over the edge I know exactly what it was it was I upgraded my setup right and mm -hmm. 
and I needed to because like honestly that 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 gave me the the creativity to do all this but my setup was like okay I had like two screens I was kind of working on a laptop and I didn't feel good that um my laptop that I work on at home was also what I would pack up to go and do stuff with I just I felt weird about that so I'm like I, I need like a CPU and like the laptop will be its own thing and I was like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna take this much money and I'm just gonna like upgrade everything. I'm gonna get stands and I get speakers and I get everything I need. And like, I pay for it all at one time. And I'm just like, wow, they really took it out. Like, that's, they really, okay. And I got it all and I was happy about it. But I was like, really like, did you, you guys really had to take it out. Like, I thought this was a joke. Like, it, it, and I think we've all been there because it's just like, oh, this is real money. Oh, this, like, yeah. this isn't play money. Like, this is crazy. But hey, sometimes you just have to buy it. I know. Well, it resonated with me so much too, because we all have that thing. Like for me, mm-hmm. it was when I bought a car. Because that was like the first oh. thing I ever bought that was like a lot of money. And I was like, mm-hmm. I mean, I bought a used car. It's not like a super nice car. It's it's because I'm not a big car guy. I just need to get A to B. I wanted good yeah. gas mileage, you know. But then it was the thing where I thought I had this thing because I've had it for a couple of years now. I had this day when I thought I had paid off the whole car. And so I went into the auto pay on what I thought was a successful day where I was like, this is the last one. Found I had like two more years. And that was where I was like, is this real? No. What did I agree to? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> are we sure you want to do that can we just can we just call it even like yeah just one time and i'm like i've had the car for so long maybe they'll forget about it no 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 it doesn't work yeah <laughs> <laughs> they, don't. They, they never forget to charge you that's the no. problem like oh it's terrible <laughs> <laughs> okay well then uh i mean i guess i know one of your favorite tv shows now too because i'm glad i'm glad you were the one to do this because i've always been thinking that they needed to have something to codify their love um but what led you to make like the love love ballad from Jim to Pam? What's the story there? I just okay. I didn't think I was gonna like The Office, right? But my friends have tell me like, watch it. It's it's totally you, and like I fell in love with it. And when it ended, like, well, I finished it on Netflix. I wanted to cry. I'm like, yo, I'm feel so invested in all of these people. Like, I'm so sad, and I was like, you know what? Jim needs like a love letter to Pam. He just does. Like, and I wanted to make it as like 90s R&B as possible. You know what I mean? I wanted him to be super, super, super slick. So I put, as you can see, I put visuals of them on top of it. And I'm just, as, as kind of corny as they kind of seem to be, I wanted them to seem as like, like sultry as possible. And I love it because I'm like, if Jim was in Jodeci, this is exactly what he would say. And like, I hope he sees it one day and sings it. Yeah, we gotta get, uh, we gotta get Jim to see it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, he might have already, I don't know. <laughs> don't play, his name, what's his name? John Krasinski. John Krasinski, I can never say it right. I was scared to even try. I'm so happy that I got it. I can't, yeah. believe, I don't even know how I know his name. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome, I mean, the office is something that's highly contentious for me only insofar as I like it, but I also don't like it. I get a lot of flack what? because I have a hard time with, with the incredibly embarrassing stuff. I just get Cringy embarrassed. Stuff. Yeah. I just have a hard time. Cause I sit there, like I cringe up. I'm like, Oh, Michael, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I love cringe humor. Like, do you know what show you would like hate but love? You ever watch Pen Fifteen? No. Watch Pen. It's on Hulu. It's Hulu? such a hidden gem. Yeah, okay. it's about. It's about. <laughs> It's written by these two women, right? And they're starring in it, right? Uh-huh. And it's about being in junior high school in like 2001. So it's all nostalgia of the early 2000s. But the thing about it is these two women are in their 30s and they're playing like 12-year-olds. But <laughs> all the other surrounding actors are actually 12-year-olds. So no. it's like, yeah, it's and it's all the cringeness. It's like, we've all been here. It's like, it's this one episode where they get aimed for the first time and they start chatting with people randomly and then they say their real name and they get scared like oh my god they're gonna find us they're gonna don't tell my mom and i'm just like yo like you're hurting my heart but yeah watch pen 15 oh my god i'll check it out aim yeah (laughs) wow that brings it back yes i can still hear the door sound like the opening yes god (laughs) oh my god that was those were the days though simpler times I love it. Okay, so the the one that I really know that there has to be a story behind too is screenshots. I know you caught oh, yeah. something. I don't know if you want to tell us what you caught. But No, I'm I'm that's just how I am. I'm very much like and I like doing things through text cuz I don't like being gaslighted. You know what I mean? And it's in anything. And I like the song because even the way I wrote the verse, it can apply to anything. It can apply apply to a lover. It can apply to your boss when they say they didn't request you off. Like, it can apply to your friend who didn't say something. Like, I hate being gaslit. So I'm just like, you could lie. You could lie. You could do it. But I'll let you finish. But let me pull something up really quick. That's what I like about screenshots because I've felt this numerous times. Yeah. And I think, I think in our day and age, it resonates so much because there's like a need for like focusing on facts, I think is also a nice thing just to be like, yes, I know this to be true. I've, I've seen this and I know it to be true. And there's something just so nice about that feeling of when you can actually know something to be true, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. So who's Gina? Go Gina. Gina. Uh, Go Gina. Yes. Do you watch Martin? No, what's Martin? Okay, it's a good show. It's a well, I gotta, show. I gotta write classic. these down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got you. <laughs> it's a classic show from the '90s, like, mm. and I, I love Martin. Martin's girlfriend's name is Gina. He's like a real, he's hilarious. He's a goofball, and she's kind of like the one that centers him. And I just wanted like a love letter from him to her because it's kind of like I know I'm always getting myself in all these hijinks, and you're always here. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, that was basically it. <laughs> like well, I, I said, I mean, anybody who hasn't checked it out yet needs to check it out. Uh, the team of tape is awesome. Uh, and obviously Instagram is, is so fun. Your Instagram is so fun. So who's inspiring you right now? Who are you listening to right now? I know we sort of touched on it in the beginning, but I also know that mm-hmm. Erica Badu has been someone who's sort of recently been someone who's, who's been on your radar as a fan, but also someone that you're clearly a fan of. Is there anybody else that inspires you and that you feel like, cause obviously there's, you mentioned some others um, in talking about the R and B influences that you have, but is there anybody else that influences yeah. you just in general? Um, definitely. Um, there's this guy, his name is Devin Morrison and he's big, but he's kind of like chill. Like he's not, he, you're going to hear him and hear, my influences through him because he does he embraces like you know the new jack swing sound and it wasn't until i heard him and his album like maybe a couple months ago that like 
I was like, oh, I can do this. Like there is there is a market for this because sometimes you like you feel like oh my music sounds too dated, it sounds too old. But here he is, he's successful, and he's successfully making authentic New Jack Swing music. Um, who else? I really love Teddy Riley, who's like he's a goat when it comes to production. Um, but yeah, like. I, oh, and we gotta say Beyonce. We just have to, because her work ethic and her live shows and her her just her artistry and live performance is like unmatched. It's like her and Michael Jackson. Their live shows are like amazing. It's an experience. And there's a whole there's a whole persona that's yeah. just so powerful. Absolutely. But that's great. See, I we love getting deeper into the the musicians that inspire musicians because we all have people that inspire us and we all come from yeah. somewhere right and i and, and for you i really think what's so cool again is that you have this authentic sort of retro sound but you've made it so modern in its approach and it's almost more fun because you're mm -hmm. also talking about such modern issues on top of that and i think yeah, that i just realized that <laughs> yeah like i just think there's just something so clearly there that's so interesting and i think there's a reason that people are sort of people are also craving that authenticity and i think that humor that you instill things with and you make it so accessible and and not in your face just so like it's it's like looking at a friend um and so that's why even in talking today i feel like i know you well because of your persona which is so cool uh, <laughs> but yeah i mean so you've done so much recently you're all you're so young but you've also just had a bunch of success so far but what's next for you where are you headed like what what's the what's what's on the horizon yeah definitely i definitely want to expand my youtube channel um i'm definitely i'm already working on another team of tape because i'm just a crazy person yes um and also i as soon as this covid thing is over like i want to take this on tour so i'm planning for that too and like putting together a, a like a big live show for it so and hopefully television i wouldn't mind doing that too yeah <laughs> well you've got but, the persona for it <laughs> well that's awesome yeah and we'll, we'll drop links in the show notes for everybody to find you if it's not uh obvious already tima likes music uh go check yes. it out <laughs> like subscribe they know the business right yes <laughs> like comment subscribe for more yeah i'm always like I, you should actually do it though people yeah. <laughs> it's cliche to say that but you should still do it but like can you go can you do it like please like that that'd be helpful the Music That Matters podcast is brought to you by all of us here at Society of Sound Media, where we showcase music that matters. On our website, sosmusicmedia.com, you can find writings on artists and songs that shape our culture. We help you find new music that has new meaning, dive into songs and artists shaping our culture, and also discover other related media to dive deeper into the history, issues, and culture behind songs new and old. This podcast sports new episodes every Monday and we'll also be posting new articles every Wednesday and Saturday. You can also find us on Instagram at SOS Music Media and FN Good Music, where we post new and engaging content daily. Check us out, and thanks again for listening. Stay chic out there.